Welcome to Parenting Your Sensitive Child. Parenting a highly sensitive child can feel overwhelming, and all the parenting books in the world can only get you so far if your head and your heart are out of alignment with your child's. I'm your host, Julia McGarry. Let's create a new parenting paradigm. This episode is set to release on October 11th, 2023, the day after World Mental Health Day. And honestly, I think it's perfectly time, given all that is going on in the world right now, all of the pain, all of the hardship. It's not surprising to be noticing a shift in your or your kid's mental health, really. It's also perfectly timed because the idea of mental health days has been coming up a lot in my family, in my house lately. So I wanted to share this episode with you with that in mind. Today, in honor of Mental Health Day, I want to discuss the idea, the concept of giving our children mental health days, what that can look like for kids. And then I want to extend an invitation for you to step into practice here today with me and do something for your own mental health. Okay? So it's October. The kids in the U.S. have been in school for at least a month at this point. This is about the time school starts to wear on many kids. If you haven't already, it's a really good time to incorporate more downtime into your kids' routine. We're finding that we need at least one unscheduled day per week. At least. (laughs) That's our starting point. We're going to see how that goes. Because even having just one scheduled activity per day on the weekend can feel like a lot when your kid has been at school all week, especially if they're feeling any stress at all at school. They need their space. They need their time. So lately, as we've been deciding how to incorporate more downtime, we've also introduced the idea of mental health days, like planned mental health days. These are basically the equivalent of a sick day. So for our family, we landed on every three weeks feels like an appropriate amount of time to have a mental health day. But we've put it in our daughter's hands to decide when that happens. It's available for her to use as needed. What this does is offer our kids just a little bit more agency and choice in how they're spending their time. So far, we haven't actually used any of the mental health days that we've talked about, but knowing that they're there, that they are an option, has been obviously reassuring visibly reassuring for my daughter. Will this solve everything? Absolutely not. (laughs) Sometimes the problem is bigger than time off can help. But if the school stress is just entering the picture, just starting to rise, this is a good first step and a good way to show your kids that you are listening and that their experience is valid. And if you do adopt this practice, 
I urge you to put as few restrictions on how they spend their time off as possible. Treat it like a sick day and resist the urge to say, okay, well, you can stay home, but you can't, you can't just be here and play video games all day, right? <laughs> it's real, the fear that they will choose to stay home because they want to game or just do anything but school, right? But that's kind of the point. So I want you to be on alert for that so you can recognize it and you can speak to it internally instead of letting it speak for you to your child. A mental health day is just one day. Being in control of their time in a world that is constantly telling them what to do is hugely beneficial for their mental health. Now, I tend to see the mental health of the family as interconnected. So if your kids are having dips in their mental health, it's likely to affect you and vice versa. So this is where I'd like to invite you to pause and practice with me. You don't have to stop what you're doing necessarily. The intention here is simply to slow down, to slow the mind, and give yourself a few, mem few moments to connect with your body. Because when you take the time intentionally to connect to your body, it's a lot easier to listen to your body, to connect with it when your stress levels rise and you're in the heat of the moment. Okay, so we've got to practice outside of the moment. So I hope you'll join me. And we're just going to start with the breath. Simply bring your attention to your breath. You don't need to change anything about how you're breathing. Just notice that you are. Notice each inhale, each exhale. Notice the sensations that come with them. And stay with your breath through five cycles. Now, start to notice your points of contact with the world around you, wherever you are. Notice your feet connecting with the floor, your hands on the steering wheel, the feel of the dish soap on your skin. What is true for your body right now? What can you tune into to anchor yourself in this moment? What can you see, smell, or hear?
finally turn your attention to what's actually happening in your body. Reconnect to your breath and notice any other sensations that arise in your body amidst your breath and your points of contact with the outside world. What do you feel? A tightness in your chest, your shoulders, your jaw, a weight in your stomach, heaviness behind your eyelids, or maybe even a lightness in your throat or your chest. Again, you don't need to change any of this consciously. Just practice noticing. Practice listening to your body. Practice being with the sensations instead of being in your mind. The more you do this, the more you may witness feelings begin to shift. The more you do this, the more you can connect what's happening in your mind with the feelings in your body. But even if the only thing that happens is that you step out of your thinking mind for just a moment, that's enough. You are not your thoughts. And no matter how hard you try, you can't think your way to feeling better. You actually have to feel in your body. You have to allow the sensations and be willing to look at them. Even if they are uncomfortable, because even when they are uncomfortable, they're just sensations. Not good, not bad, and definitely not permanent. They are our body's ways of transmitting messages, and it's listening to those messages, not ignoring them, that makes all the difference. Thank you for joining me. I hope this was helpful. Bookmark this episode if you need to. You can come back to it. It's just a very simple practice. But the more you do it, the bigger difference it makes for you in terms of your mental health and in terms of how you're responding to the world around you, to your kids. All right. I hope you have a good week. I will talk to you in the next episode. Do you feel like you're parenting 24-7 and you're still not sure your child is getting what they need? Are you ready to stop parenting reactively and start living in partnership with your sensitive child? Are you ready to reclaim time for yourself and time for your dreams? Then you're going to want to explore coaching with me. I help my clients tune out all the noise, better understand their kids, build a parenting strategy that meets their family's specific needs, and do the mindset work necessary to implement that strategy consistently 
without sacrificing themselves in the process. To get started, just head over to partnerpath.com, click on coaching, and get your free consultation set up. Let's get to know each other.